Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week of Kent and the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, my good mate, Phil, and my good mate, Bianca. Uh, unfortunately, Kent can't be here this week. He's busy looking at men in shoes. Anyway, on with the show. How are we all tonight? Fine, thanks. I am well. Yep. Very men good. Men in shoes. Yeah, men <laughs> in shoes. Uh, you know excellent. what, I... I completely forgot about men in shoes. Yeah, clearly I, I uh, Kent the... didn't because he's still fixated on them. I don't know what that is. But anyway, on with the show. On with the uh, show. <laughs> this week, in fact, we've got several topics for discussion. That is right. We've got topics for discussion. Yeah, we prepped. They are. Yes, indeed. They are as follows. Uh, we have twin movies, not movies about twins like the Schwarzenegger um, and DeVito classic. No, we're talking about twin movies, two movies that are awfully similar, launched at awfully the same time. Um, we've also got awfully a little update. Yes, that. We've also got um, an update on Pell, as in George Pell, as in Curious George, as in the pedo from Down Under. Um, and, and for your viewing pleasure, or your listening pleasure, we've also got a little bit of an update on uh, our good friend Musk, that is Elon Musk, not the stick himself, uh, and Thomas J. Cruz. I don't know what his actual initials are, and that is not his official name, but he is Tom Cruise, Thomas J. Cruz, as well as a brand new sick Kent of the week, as always. Drusif, where shall we begin? Um, I, I kind of want to hear the, the Tom Cruise and Elon Musk thing, to be honest. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Um, well... I mean, I think we're, we're all kind of fascinated by that. And Bianca mentioned to that. In yeah. fact, she brought the news to our attention during the week. Um, I think we're all a little bit um, confused by it, especially the extent of what the story's about. So we all thought the story was... Well, sorry, when Bianca mentioned it to, to me, I thought that maybe, just maybe, um, the story was something along the lines of Elon Musk wanted to work with Tom Cruise to create a movie about space... You know that's right. that's what yep. that that's what we all thought it would maybe be about. No, no, they're looking at making a movie in space, which yes, yes. I again, I thought it was going to be about space, but it's actually in space. No, no, it's not like. I, did you think it was like a documentary or something? No, no, no. I I thought it was going to be like, you know, for example, like a Mission Impossible or like a movie like Gravity, where it's you know kind of like. A Mission Impossible movie set like Gravity, where it's kind of set oh, like in space. Set in space. Yeah, it's set in space, but I didn't think Amazing. it was going to no, be done. No, it is set in space, in space. but it's yeah, also no, but it's, filmed yeah. in space. No, but that's my thing, Bianca. Like, so Gravity was just about space. It wasn't in space. Armageddon was about space. It's not in like they're not don't film it in space. It's on a set. No, no, they're looking at actually making this thing in fucking space. How are they going to yeah. do that? Well, it's. I, I think if anyone is going to do it, it's going to be Elon Musk and Tom Cruise. Oh, because they both have such an inflated ego of self, like, like sense of self, sorry, that mm-hmm. they could pull it off. They, they could 100% pull it off. And it would just be such yeah. a wanky thing to do. It would be amazing if it was anyone else who did it. But because mm. it's them, it's wanky. It's wank. Does this make sense? Yep. Yes, it yeah. does. I, I get it. Look, see, Drew, Drew and I had a discussion about Tom Cruise just the other day about how I, I, 
very highly rate him as an actor. I think he's mm. an awesome actor. Oh, yeah. Um, I think his personal life is one thing, but I think that his ability to act, he's on such a high level. Like, he's so good at it, and he does every role to the max. I mean, I one of my favorite movies is War of the Worlds with, with Tom Tom Cruise. That's a great um, film. Yeah, he, he's just... He does such a good good job in that. I mean, then we look at movies like um, Mission Impossible Fallout. You know, it's... In fact, all the Mission Impossible movies, like, he's just made for that role. He always gives 110% in every film that he's in. He always does such a terrific job in all the films that he's in. Mm. Um, but he's such so a no doubt, and an unlikable person. I don't know if he is very unlikable. He's, he's always very good fun to watch. And I always, he's always very interesting on things like Graham Norton, for example. Like, he's very interested in, in what other people are doing. And he enjoys listening to other people. And, you know, yeah. and when he was on Top Gear, he seemed like he was... Uh, he was I, that that Graham Norton episode with Seth MacFarlane. My skin crawl. Makes, why does it make your skin crawl? I don't know. I think he's it's because... No, I think... Maybe. I think it's because there's so many... There's so much weirdness about him and just about his background and personal life. Like, well, there's I'm, so much weird crap that happens in his personal life I'm, that you just can't... Well, you I, just I, have to think to yourself, there's something wrong there. Well, I mean, if you think about the mm. fact that he was jumping on the sofa on Oprah, I mean... Yeah, that's a weird thing to do, and, and Oprah just was kind of like, Ugh, I don't really want him around anymore. I mean, there's definitely <laughs> odd things about him, but I don't think there's any more odd things than, than other people, perhaps. Yeah. I just think it's covering up something sinister. I think the reason why he comes off as so nice in public and why people think he's so great, I think there's just something underneath that that's really not great and a bit off. That's the, just the feeling I've had about him my whole life. Okay. It's just he's very off. Yeah. I don't know. Fair enough. Well, again, like when he was on Top Gear that one time, you know, the guys from Top Gear don't give a shit about celebrities so much, but even they were taken aback by just how wonderful both Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz were on the show and was interesting. They could have interesting conversations. And oh, were they like on that. there yeah. for night and day? They certainly were. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. You were but, talking about Graham Norton, Drew? He was on the Graham Norton show for Edge of Tomorrow, so he and Emily Blunt and then Seth MacFarlane and... Charlize Theron were there for A Million Ways to Die in the West and it was really interesting Cruz was just happy being in the company of the other three and he was fascinated with <coughs> Seth MacFarlane and all the voices that he does and no, except for then when, when Tom Cruise did, did Daffy Duck sneezing Donald Oh, Donald, sorry, Donald yeah. Duck sneezing. And that's the, that was the most adorable sneeze. He I've does a really heard. good Donald Duck impression. <laughs> Who knew? He, he really does. does. I, I've seen that interview. Yeah. yeah. It's just great. <laughs> it's the, I do. Do. And hearing, um, hearing I, Emily Blunt just... do her TC impression. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's just like so many weird stories that come out about him that just I got the need I don't know the need for yeah, I don't know there's something wrong there fair enough but anyway let's 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 head back to the story and the idea that they're going to film it okay so so let's let's break this down then so if they're yep. going to um let's say they're going to film on the international space station that's kind of what's being rumored from NASA uh, representatives along with um Elon Musk and SpaceX representatives um, 
Okay, so let's say they're going to film on 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 the International Space Station. the The footage that we see from on board the International Space Station <coughs> isn't the most high definition, or at least isn't the most kind of film filtered. Um, well, they don't take professional cameras up there. No, exactly. Which 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 makes me think that how would they film this? This stuff would have to be mounted within the International Space Station and then filmed. Um, robotically from earth i guess or sorry robotically remotely from earth or it would have well, to no, be they, the astronauts they could up send they would have to film cameraman up yeah so but they have to ex- send tom cruise up but it's tom so cruise ex- is gonna be in it. it's so expensive to do it i mean sending someone up alone you know it there's a high there's a higher risk you know of death on the way up there than there is on an aircraft flight there's no higher risk of you know there's, it's it's a high risk maneuver to send someone up there specifically to film how would you ensure that you wouldn't be able to it's uninsurable that yeah the insurance the insurance on that would cost a lot because if and not who, God, and who would, would be send, sent up who would send them up well it would be well, spacex see, no no, no oh, yeah course, so elon but... musk and his people will be sending them up that's the idea that i've had like um, right. from all space, the articles spacex haven't launched a single person into space yet though yeah, no, but it's Elon true. Musk. <laughs> he, um, they're he ambitious. He can't. He well, they're ambitious. The SpaceX program is going fantastically. The Falcon Heavy program has gone really well. The, um, the the Falcon project's gone fantastically. Them launching and reusing those um, boosters has gone fantastically well. So they're able to do it. But again, to get someone up there to film this and then bring them back via you know Suez. What, what's it called? What's the the Russian thing called? The Suez. Yeah. I don't know, the little thing capsule no that they bring him back on, you know that's that's expensive stuff. It's it's high risk stuff. Um, and if you're sending a cameraman up there too to film it or something like that, or you know, it depends mm. what they're filming. Like if it's just gonna be Tom Cruise sitting in a uh, space station and then eventually comes down and that's the rest of the movie happens on Earth, you just have to send Tom Cruise and a cameraman up. And you could have everyone else mm. on, um, what's it called, Skype or Zoom or whatever what, they're calling it. Do you think? Do you think this would be a? Do we think now speculating? Do you think it would be a? Um, uh, do you, Do you think it would be based on reality? As in, it would essentially be like a little bit like a, you know, a life in the day of an astronaut kind of thing, um, or a day in the life of, I should say. Um, I put it the, the wrong way around there, um, of an astronaut or someone in, on board the space station? Would it be a documentary kind of thing? Would it be an action film? Would it be... Because you can't do stunts up there. There's there's it's not enough space well, within they, the space station and you couldn't do it in space because that's high risk and dangerous. They would hmm. probably figure out a way to incorporate the zero-G weightlessness into stunt work. But what would interest me is if it's like... You, you have to have a point to the story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah that's why is, would it be a day in the life of, of maybe, an astronaut and Tom Cruise is playing an astronaut. It's just that he's but a more, I don't think a more attractive astronaut than you know a run-of-the-mill kind of nerd up there. <laughs> I don't think that's quite on brand for Tom Cruise action guy. Mm. I think there has well, to be some really sort of action to it. Well, you couldn't really do stunts up there either. It's not just that you couldn't do sure, stunts. But this... like, you couldn't blow things up or... No, you this, know, this have is a fight not, scene because you could damage. This isn't a actual... set. Yeah, this is a um, very expensive set, or well, not even a set. 
very and expensive it's... piece of material or, or piece of equipment. And if you damage something, you're fucked. You know, this thing's it's keeping you alive. It's funded by taxpayer dollars. Those stations up there aren't private. They're no. all government. Yeah. Yeah. So that is equally... It's almost... Like, who, who covers... it? It's There's a lot of logistical stuff that... I think they probably shouldn't have mentioned it no. out loud until they figured all of that out. No, I you know agree. What I mean? yeah. Don't you love that they did it um, anyway, though? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's very on brand for both Elon Musk and Tom Cruise. I feel like it the is fact that Elon Musk isn't a Scientologist is weird. <laughs> yeah, I do find that weird as well. I mean, I think Elon Musk is probably the most batshit crazy there is. I mean, he's, he's he. I think that he's incredibly intelligent very interesting um he's a fantastic entrepreneur there's no doubt about that but he is very strange like even watching i watched on disney plus there was a um a uh spacex documentary uh, specifically about the launch of the falcon heavy yeah um and which by the way i mean i don't think anyone else has made the point or said it out loud but why the fuck is it so phallic shaped honestly <laughs> It's more so than any other rocket because it's got a head on the top of it that gets wider, <laughs> and then it's also got balls either side of it, which are the the um, booster rockets. Like, I can't believe that's not an ongoing joke. But anyway, back to Elon Musk. He's a very interesting person, but he's very strange. oh my god, it does. I've actually looked at it now. It does, and no one's made a point of it. I'm kind of like, I know it's just you know. You have to be a little bit intelligent when you're talking about this sort of stuff because it's space and it's interesting and it's science and it's, you know, maths and physics and everything. But come on, it looks like a dick. It's anyway. like that um, Austin Powers joke. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. Mm. The, the, the <laughs> rocket that gets launched up. This the is Johnson. Launched. Johnson. Um, <laughs> oh, look at that. It's. Um, oh, my God. It looks like a giant Willie. Willie Nelson? <laughs> um. Yeah, no, but you, you know what I mean. Like it, it, it's. He's a strange guy, and I think he's perfect man for this sort of conversation with with Tom Cruise. In fact, I think they'd probably get on fantastically well because I think they are quite intelligent, but also quite strange at the same time, um, and very good at what they do. Oh, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, it's yep. still weird. Let's be real. No, it's a str- it's a strange idea, and I don't think it's a very good idea. I, I don't. I don't think it's plausible. Not in. Not now. Maybe in another twenty years. But I know that Tom Cruise just wants to be the first. Well, he does all his own stunts. He's totally happy to do all this sort of stuff. And I think he. He's. I think he. If if it was about wanting to be the first person to do it, I think it'd be less to do to be about wanting to be the first person to do it. And more along the lines of he wants to challenge himself because he doesn't have anyone else to learn from in doing it. Same with all the stunts that he does. You know, he does all the flying helicopter sk- uh, stunts, um, plane stunts. He jumps out of airplanes and stuff. He jumps off buildings. You know, he, he performs all his own stunts. Yeah. Um, if we remember back to Mission Impossible 1 when he's rock climbing, I think it's the Number first one two. Or the second one. Number two when he's rock climbing without, without harness or anything like that. That's Tom yeah. Cruise really doing that without harnesses or anything. Yeah, he he's a, he does his own stunts and he doesn't follow what other people do. He's a, he's a, an adrenaline junkie because he is an adrenaline junkie. So I don't think it would be about him wanting to be the first person to do it to be like I did it first. It'd be about him wanting to do it because no one else has done it. So therefore, it's a challenge for him. 
it's the challenge, not yeah. the not the title. I think you know that's why I give him a little bit more respect than I think other people do, is because he he is very um, raw in his interest and reason for doing things, it, especially when it comes to films. It's that he's you know massively fascinated by doing it. That's why he does his own stunts. Is why he's he is the full package as an actor. Um, but yeah, look, we have no idea. I think that the impossible part is that. You couldn't use the International Space Station effectively because you can't do stunts on it because it's not a set. Camera uh, camera work and filming would be very difficult um, because it's not a set. You know, it's not something where it's things are artificial and you can just remove walls to try and get the camera in a better position. Um, being able to get good footage would be difficult. Lighting is not set up for filming. Um, and then to be able to get the people up there and back down again, however many people that send is tough the only thing i, I could think of that they could do is if they don't use the international space station but rather they send up a rocket that will orbit around the earth at like for a little for like two days to give them enough time to film stuff and then mm. would go back down but it would go back down like the entire thing would go up and the entire thing is this set and then the entire thing comes back down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the yeah. trouble the trouble I think they'd have as well, though, is that... Um, they'd have to build it? <laughs> well, they'd have to build it, which would be enormously expensive. Not just that, though, but, but if you look at, you know, disasters that have happened with um, uh, uh, um, space shuttles, and you look at disasters that have happened with um, launching uh, launchings of rockets, you know, there's, there's such high risk in doing it, and... and Imagine on imagine they do all their filming and then on re-entry it blows up and then oh there goes Tom Cruise and there goes um, you know the all footage that the... we have and and not just that but there goes SpaceX's reputation because they killed Tom Cruise <laughs> company goes bust <laughs> you know it it is such high risk I don't think it's worth it it's a great idea but I don't think it's worth it can you imagine but you the know headline what would be though? interesting. Oh, headline would just be, oh, Jesus, can you imagine? Can you imagine that being the case? Elon Musk Phenomenal. kills Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's what it would be. <laughs> Tesla would take a hit, and so would um, so would uh, uh, SpaceX. Well, I mean, the other day, Elon Musk tweeted, just straight up tweeted that, that um, Tesla's share price is too high, and then the stock plummeted. That was a dumb tweet. I did not know that. Yeah, he did that for real, and the the stock plummeted about two hundred dollars a share. Crap! Investors would not have been happy with that. No, but how, well, having said that, though, um, it's not the first time Elon Musk has illegally, I guess, I guess, to some, I guess it would be illegal. I mean, it's probably not illegal when you're lowering the cost of it, but but to raise the cost is illegal. And he jokingly said, I think that the stock should be at 420 because it's a good number. And then people were like, oh, yeah, sure. And everyone started buying into it. And because that happened, he, he artificially inflated the, the price by doing something like that. Um, he got in trouble for doing it because you can't do that. That's illegal. That's basically fraud. But that's not his fault. I know what, you, I know what the law is. Well, because he was making, was he was making a joke. He was making, yeah, but he made a joke about it. Yeah, but the joke had financial benefits for him, which is you can't gain by doing that, especially for stocks. But you can't control other people. You can't. I, I understand. You, you the can't. Rule but yeah, you can't. Around but, but it, but he didn't tell people to go buy it. 
he said, it's it's a bit of a you know what workaround. But he made he, no, but he said, made a game out of it. He made it funny. But he made a game out of the stock market, which you can't, which it kind of is already anyway. But you can't do that. You can't, you you cannot artificially control um, the stock market like that as an investor. If someone else said it, if if say Bill Gates said, imagine if the Tesla price went to four twenty, that's fine. He has no actual investment in what happens with the price if it goes up. Yeah, Elon Musk does. He he he. You can't do that. I yeah, I get it. I understand the principle behind it, but at the same time, like you can't tell you can't, people no, you what can't. to do either. You, you can't. And that's, he that's, did that's it. Correct. He just made a joke. You can't, but but the joke had the implication to the positive, rather than me. You know, the difference is the difference between the two jokes and what makes one okay and one not is the joke about him saying the price is too high <clears throat> affected him ne- himself negatively. It cost. Yeah, him but money. see, they weren't punish mm. him for that but he, you got no, to remember when the stock market works but it wasn't it a game for him. him negatively but it probably affected someone else positively yeah you short you can short it in fact it may very well have he may have sold his shares and shorted the stock and then it would have affected him positively again but he didn't the point is that one way with 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 making the with artificially inflating the price up that is a gain for him as the owner of the company Whereas inflating, whereas negatively affecting the price, has no gain for him. So that's okay. I mean, for him, it's okay. You can't yeah. get in trouble for doing that. Legally, but the point. Yeah. Legally, yeah. But the point is that he did as a joke or not. And you're right. You don't control people. But the way the stock market works is on hearsay. But basically. what if I and said something? What if I'd made that thing joke of, say, if I had all the influence of Elon Musk and I I had made a joke <laughs> saying the prices of Tesla are too high mm-hmm. and in response, everyone sold. Mm-hmm. Would that mean... Be no. No, I wouldn't be in trouble, but it's the exact same thing as Bill Gates saying it should be 420 and it affecting Elon Musk. Do you know what I mean? But, but the yeah. difference is that... But the, the difference is, though, that, that um, you are not in a position where it's your stock. You can't... You can't artificially inflate your own stock. You can do it for anyone else because it's basically free advertising, uh, positive or, or you know. And and if 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 so, you... but what you're saying is not you can't advertise. It's basically you can't advertise your own stock. Not without reason. Because not without reason. So so for example, let's say Tesla were making a brand new car and it was fucking amazing. If I jumped on and went, oh my god look at our new product it's amazing and then the price went up that's fine because you are you you're correctly talking about the product artificially inflating the pro- the, the, the stock market price is by saying how cool would it be if the number was 420 when it was only worth like 200 dollars, and then it went up yeah, to 420 you. that's you're artificially doing it with no good reason and you're not actually talking about the product you're just artificially inflating the price you can't do that no, because it's I, him that wins. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think it's still semantics. I think that he shouldn't have gotten in trouble because I don't think it was said with the point of inflating it. Do you know what I mean? I think he was just being a dick. Because, but he, but he, he may. Is. No, it's definitely semantics, and 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 I think that with that the the case in particular, it is definitely interesting because it's kind of like 
you know, what was his reason? I mean, I think he was probably just being a dick about it and just being funny, like, wouldn't it actually be funny if the number was 420? The point is that yeah. it then, you know, through him being so kind of carefree and as he is... Had you know, just unintentional very, very consequences that... To the positive. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's no, very entre- entrepreneurial, but it you can't do that still. Like, good try, but you can't do that. Um, anyway, let's let's move right along because we are we've now spoken about that this topic and on off topic for a fair bit now. Um, uh, let's move on to our next one, and that's twin movies. Yes, twin wait, movies. Wait, wait. Before we go on to twin movies, Elon Musk's yes. child is X. X. How? What's X, his name? X A A twelve. That's well, what the, I'm going to say. It's the it's the alpha. Is it the alpha? What? what symbol is it? not alpha? It's the A E merged, isn't it? It yeah, it's a diphthong letter, which I don't know what its actual name is, but it's the A and the E that's together, and it's pronounced How do we like pronounce algae. The name? And it's it's pronounced algae. like the okay. You know, you know, in the A E in algae, A L G A E, so E yeah. is pretty much it. What it is, so it's X C A twelve. A dash twelve. Dash twelve. Oh my god. A. How, X- how, what's it pronounced? Well, it's very I don't weird. Know. Okay, Apparently, just quickly, the A gonna... and the E is also a symbol for Ash. Ash. The, yeah, like it's a Celtic symbol for the word Ash. Let me just quickly say. Very weird. How how do you pronounce pronounce Elon <laughs> Musk? Baby name. Baby name. Um, we should just type it into one of the Google translators. It is pronounced. Uh, it, no, I don't know. I have no idea, to be honest. X. I'm typing it into Google Translate to see. Oh, no, actually, I've got a thing called Natural Reader that reads out what you type. Hold on. <laughs> but the baby name's not allowed on birth certificate for re- for legal reasons. Amazing. Okay. Let's see what this shoots out. Hold on. I, I'm, I, I can't find anywhere that, that knows how to spell the name. Wait, stop talking. Because i got to play it through my phone. Did you guys hear that? No. Nope. It just said XAA12. So yeah, XAA12. Nothing too fancy, but I I don't get it. I really don't get the child's name. Well, apparently it's X Ash Archangel. S X Ash. What? X. Uh, I can't remember what I said. X Ash Archangel. X Ash Archangel. I can't say that. Anyway. Anyway, uh, in in fact, let's really quickly, because I don't think I want to lead to our sick kid of the week on the back of talking about Curious George. Let's quickly go to Curious George then. George Pell. George Pell. Down Under. Yep. It has been revealed by the Royal Commission. So the Royal Commission, this is not to do with his case of where he got charged and went to jail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This has to do with the Ballarat case. Mm-hmm. Which right. was looking into whether or not he covered up stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, basically covered up what the priests who were accused and were found guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so when you, just so you understand the process when you go to court you it, when you're a lawyer and you go to court you can get your clients you can get like certain evidence redacted and you get mm-hmm. that evidence redacted and taken out of court because it either harms your case or it makes your um uh, whoever you're representing look even more guilty or even less guilty or whatever. So you want to redact things. Now, the redacted documents have that, uh, I was going to say Trump, Pell knew exactly what was going on with the priests. Um, It shows that he made actions to try and separate the priest from some of the students, um, like move them around. He subtly raised concerns that the priest was going on a camp but he didn't outright accuse the priest he didn't outright take him out at um, of the school at all he was just doing the classic catholic move which is what um there's a really good documentary about what they do what they did in boston and how they transported the priests in kind of mm. like circles around the same area to yep. just like shift them away after they assaulted someone. So it just kind of shows that Pell was trying to do the classic, we're just going to shift the along priest to the next school kind of thing. Yeah, as you um, do. Yeah, so basically he, he did know and that's what all the redacted documents talk about. Ah, uh, Pell, you naughty, naughty, you sly man. dog. I I hope he burns in hell. I yeah. Well, if that's what he believes, he's definitely going there and he Not can't... before I finish making this beautiful meme of him. He he honestly meme. You'll right. see soon enough. He he I, I think that <laughs> what what I what I hate so much about this whole situation with Pell, whether he's guilty in the um the well, biblical he's sense. In the case. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. No but <laughs> What I find find outrageous. So That's I think beyond teachers, are, we know that teachers should not be doing wrong by the students and are in a position of it's basically in the sense of like pedophilic, um, in the sense that they are in charge of immature, simple-minded children who um, who have faith and trust in the teacher and what they you know th- their purpose there is to look after them and have the kids' best interests you know in their mind. And so I think it's totally inappropriate for a teacher to, to be inappropriate with a, with a student, much like one of the teachers at our um, high school that we went to, Bianca. Um, oh, and yeah. then we And then we look at, say, pedophiles. It's the same thing. You know, how dare you... Even even things that... You know, I was, I've watched, you know, several of those To Catch a Predator things on, on YouTube. And, and, and the, the way that the, the host even talks to the, the, the predator about things that they've said to kids. It's like... You are putting such inappropriate thoughts in kids' minds, in things that you're saying, and introducing such inappropriate <coughs> language to a kid. You know, how dare you do that? And then you look at someone like a priest, who, they're a priest, they obviously fully believe in what they're talking about. I can't say I, I, I believe in what they're talking about, because I, I don't. But they fully believe in what they're preaching. Um, and then they think that, they, they go and do the entire entirely predatory thing, and take advantage of a child... Um, in a position of, you know, total belief in this person and what they're saying, 
and then warping their mind to, you know, believe in what they're saying, um, and then going a step further, and then warping their mind to believe that what they're doing to them is allowed and okay, and it's not for them to talk about, and they have to be quiet about it. Like, how dare they do that to a child? Mm. Like, that is most revolting thing. And I think the only way that a person like that, especially from, you know, um, I think that a, a pedophile has something wrong with them where they are unfortunate in the sense that they are attracted to children. I think that is absolutely un, un, uh, unfortunate. And I feel, I, I pity them that that's how, you know, what, what they're interested in sexually. I find that, what a, what a heartbreaking thing that that's what they're interested in. I find the fact that some people take the next step and do something about that disgusting you should know it's wrong and you should be you know feel sorry for yourself but how dare you go and do something with it um and then i think that you know you know you have someone like a priest or someone from a religion or a religious organization who is meant to be a step even above further above that and meant to have higher moral standards than even we do and they're held to a higher a higher accountability Correct. Not just so, that, so but they're a trusted figure in the community. Exactly, and I find that it, part the worst. So that's why I was using the comparison to a, a teacher, Bianca, where a teacher is also, you know, um, meant to be kind of this higher person because they're a person of teaching. So you're meant to turn and look to them at them with belief and trust. But you're then supposed this, to be you able know, to confide in them and have a certain correct. sense of security with them because yeah, and, and exactly. So then a teacher goes and, and ruins that, and it's how dare they. But if you have someone from a religious organization, they are a step above that in terms of you're meant to be able to confide in them, you're meant to be able to believe in them, you're meant to be able to go and rely on them. They are a person of teaching, they're a person of truth and honesty and love. But how how dare they do that? And that's why I think George Bell is the lowest of the low kind of people. Um, and again, not even talking about his own pedophile case, talking about this case where he was aware of things that were going on, He's disgusting and deserves to be castrated and put in jail for life purely on the basis that he knew what was going on and clearly chose to look the other way or cover it up. And I think that is revolting. Like, that is disgusting. Sarah Ferguson, who is an Australian reporter, did a great series called Revelations Mm -hmm. um, on the ABC. And it's not just about the... Ballarat case and George Pell and how he was convicted Mm. I'm pretty sure it's the same documentary but there's also a part of the documentary where they talk to a priest who has admitted to his crimes Um, he's still a priest which is what I find the most interesting he's actually served time for being a pedophile Um, he hasn't been defrocked which I still find that word hilarious but yeah he has not been defrocked (laughs) (laughs) But he, and which means he still gets paid by the church. Like he still gets his stipulations by the church. Mm-hmm. He was explaining how he got to where he was. So it was a right. really hard interview to watch because he's basically confessing to everything he's done. And at the same time, the way that they've portrayed it is his victims are explaining it as well. It's a really interesting way they've done the documentary. And he explains that he did not think he was doing anything wrong because in his head he was friends with the boys and what the priests that he confided in, because he did confide in his fellow priests that this is what's happened, they all told him that the boys 
were in the wrong. The boys had seduced him. And this was right. something that was getting told to all of the priests. Then there's another documentary where it talks about what happened in Boston, which was a big, big case. And Boston's where a lot of this started to come out in America and a lot of people started to confess that, you know, this stuff had happened to them when they were children because of all the stuff that had happened in Boston. Um, so, yeah, in Boston they were explaining how there was a psychiatric facility where they would, after a priest had committed a crime, a sexual assault against a student, and it wasn't just boys at this one, it was also about a girls' school as well, um, they would send the priest to this particular psychiatric ward mm. with a different, under a different, like, uh, issue. So, like, they would say that the priest was an insomniac or they had alcoholism or just something else. They would send them to this psychiatric facility and there was a psychiatrist there who was secretly um, basically treating them for pedophilia, but it was all hush-hush. There was no paper trail for it. Right. So, like, it was just it, in within the Catholic Church, they knew it was happening and there was just this deep-seated system of how they were going to cover it up. What's outrageous is that, is that, again, this is within the Catholic Church, an organization that's genuinely meant to be built around trust and faith and community and belief. And, and who have a literally sort of holier-than-thou basis for everything. Correct. I, I find the fact that someone can believe in the Catholic Church, um, I, I find that totally ridiculous and totally hypocritical and 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 i think it's 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 at the point now and and the, the cases which are out there are such that you know it's basically shame on you the, the public if you are still a member of a church like that because you are i mean I, again your beliefs are one thing but if you're if you are actively a part of an organi organization like the catholic church um which so many people are based on things like you know, donating to the church and um, taking part in masses within the church um, I think it's totally a, a situation of, you know, shame on you because you are clearly dismissing the disgusting behavior that is within the church. And there is no way that your God could believe that you are doing right by partaking in what this place is and, and what it represents now, because this is what it represents. There is no doubt about it. It represents everything that is, that it is. And this is definitely a huge part of it. So mm. yeah, disgusting. I, I think that it's, it's shameful. It's revolting. And the steps they've taken back, like, taken towards fixing things haven't been great either. Haven't they... been great, and they've mostly downplayed things. And that's the wrong way of doing it. Fully admit your problem and then fix it, rather than yeah. downplay it and then do the bare minimum. And stop hiding people at the Vatican, which yeah. is what they originally did with Pell when he first got accused. Ooh, yeah, just yeah. kept him locked up in the they... office, or in... in, in in Vatican City, so that way they are completely free from, from prosecution elsewhere. Which, Vatican City is its own country. It is. There are sovereign It has its own currency, currency, sorry. And then, yeah, it's a really weird place, Vatican City. It's an evil little place. Yeah. But, um, um mm. hopefully that brings up more stuff about Pell that 
will help get uh, him uh, yeah. put back I, in I, jail. I hope so. I hope so. Um, let's move on then to twin movies. Um, yes. Let's do that. Uh, twin movies. Bianca, do you have a definition of twin movies, please? Or Drew? Philip? <laughs> do we? Yes. Do we? Um, so twin movies are basically... <laughs> I was waiting for Drew. Um, twin movies are basically <laughs> movies that come out within the same year or like within 12 months of each other where they have very similar concepts or origins or plot points or storylines or even similar looking cast. And how do they come about? So, so just (laughs) listing off a couple of the twin movies, um, Drew. Yeah. Um, where are we? Been making a meme. I do have the list. All right, so uh, one for childhood for us was Ants and A Bug's Life. And then Good one to start with. Like... I'll, I'll, I'll rattle them off. Uh, Madagascar and The Wild. Um, no Strings Attached and Friends with Benefits. Um, Divergent and The Maze Runner. Armageddon and Deep Impact. White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen. Mirror Mirror and Snow White and the Huntsman, Mowgli and The Jungle Book, Oblivion and After Earth, The Amityville Horror and The Shining, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, Finding Nemo and Shark Tale, Trolls and Inside Out, and most recently, Onward and Homeward. So, that's how... I started reading about this, the Onward Homeward stuff, which I didn't know was yes. Homeward is a parody of Onward. Or a mockumentary yeah. of Onward. Yeah. Like a mocky yeah. Mocky movie. That's it. Yeah, um, they they had a description for it. it. It kind of vaguely made sense. Yeah, well like so basically the way that this stuff happens, the theory of the way that this stuff happens is that when scripts get shoved around Hollywood to see who picks them up, if a studio like Disney that, you know, has a great track record for marketing and all that will pick up a yep. movie, then another studio will pick up a movie similar. Or if the other studio had previously read the script, they'll get someone to write a similar script because they know that they can kind of... Uh, use disney as like a marketing kind of thing like they have a similar movie that's going to be out at the same time and you know that'll kind of feed off each other Mm. um alternative like just to compete against each other um alternatively if there is one script shopped around if another writer hears about it they might write something similar because so that they can shop it around yeah right and yeah, and, and then there's stuff like Divergent and Maze Runner that came out as, so uh, I think Hunger Games came out first, and then it was yeah. kind of like that tradition of, oh well, this is the style of movie movie that's popular now. We're going to release our own dystopian. Yeah. Yeah. So every studio releases their own version of a dystopian. Um, now I, I I can remember um, I remember going to the movies with my friends and and 
you know, I'd seen sort of sort of trailers for for two films, which I thought were the same film for a long time, which was um, White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen. Um, now we went to the movies to go see a movie. We weren't entirely sure what we were going to see. We wanted to see some sort of action movie, and then we saw that Olympus fall, had, Has Fallen was the next showing. So we went and saw Olympus Has Fallen. Um, and I vote it as one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, it is <laughs> totally trash and garbage. Um, and I think, I think the highlight of the movie, I mean, cause there was, there were special effects that was worse than some of the early PlayStation two games, um, <coughs> animation. It was appallingly Amazing. done. It looked so artificial and garbage. And I think the highlight of the movie was when, um, the main character says in it, while on the phone to the lead terrorist, somehow he's in the White House and on the phone to the bloody lead terrorist. Riddle me that. I fucking don't know. I don't know how they explain <laughs> it in the movie. But anyway, they, they say in the movie, um, let's play a game of fuck off. You go first. And then he hung up the phone. And that was uh, the highlight of that entire movie. Many years later then, um, I it, in fact, it's one of only two movies I think I've ever wanted to walk out of, the other being 2012. Um, <laughs> I, I remember I, I, I remember um, watching TV just sitting at home watching Foxtel and I saw that White House Down was on it and I giggled and went haha that's the uh, that's the other movie that I should have probably seen because it was probably better than the one that I saw it was the other White House movie out at the exact same time about the White House getting destroyed um, watched it and I realised that I actually in all honesty had made a mistake and seen the wrong one because White House Down was about three trillion times better than what Olympus Has Fallen was. Still not a good movie, but just so much better than um, Olympus Has Fallen. So I highly regret that I saw... Still um, not great, but Still better. Not great, but better. Much I need better. to see White House Down. I've seen Olympus. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, you need to see White House Down then, just to be like, I oh, I really fucked up and saw the wrong one. I, I too thought they were the same movie until we started talking about the twin thing. So it was yeah. only today that I realized they were two different movies. Mm. Mm. Right. So, and somehow, and and somehow, Olympus Has Fallen was able to spark, I think, two sequels, whereas White House Down has not had any sequels. So I don't get it. That's true. But anyway, but anyway, that that's that's that. So that's that's that theory. That's how I was introduced to the concept. Of course, I hadn't even thought of. I mean, I'd always kind of thought of and and kind of questioned why a bug's life and ants were out at the same time and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And I, I even got scenes confused. You know, I'd get confused and think that the the scene in Ants where they go to eat food at the picnic, but it's um, all wrapped in glad wrap. I keep thinking for some reason, just on, on brief memory, that that's part of a bug's life and stuff. Um, you know, there's, yeah, there's things like that. Yeah, I do like that too with some yeah. movies. Yeah. But I find it interesting that, that that's how they were launched. And I remember I watched um, on also on Disney+, Plus a documentary about... Um, Pixar and how Pixar kind of came to be in at the start of Pixar and everything like that, and um, yeah, they were talking about a bug's life and 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 it's it's just interesting just how obviously they're not going to talk about the ins and outs and and that part of it and how oh we may have gotten the idea from someone else, but there's no n- not even a single bit of of communication about where they got their ideas from or anything like that. So it's just interesting, interesting concept how these things happen. Hmm. Well, there is a bit of a track record of. Um, Disney and I mean I don't think Pixar and Disney were the same thing back then no but there is a bit of track record of Disney stealing ideas that weren't meant for them 
Um, well, they yeah. see scripts because, you know, obviously people submit scripts into them to be, you know, shopped around. And they see them and say, oh, no, we'll pass on that. And then they launch something very similar within the year yeah. with their own writers. So I, I can't remember what was it was recently, but someone recently tried to sue them because they said, you know, I sold you this script and it, you know... Oh, I think it was Frozen, actually. Well, um, it's, it might have the idea Frozen. And then... I feel like... I, I remember reading the case, but I actually didn't think it had any grounds. Well, yeah, but it, it might not have had grounds, but it's happened in the past. Yeah, it where has. Yeah. Disney has, you know, had something shot to them and then miraculously within a couple of months they don't buy it and then have something similar they, yeah they have something similar so yeah. i wouldn't be surprised drew do you have the backstory um off the top of your head of what happened between with jungle book and mowgli because they were com- they were basically completely unrelated and then somehow mowgli got the short end of the stick so disney had already um disney had already said hey we're going to do the jungle book Andy Serkis all the while had got the rights as well, but he put his into production first, but his had a longer production process. So to my understanding, Disney had already said, hey, we're going to do it. Andy Serkis Mm. then went, yep, cool, I'm also going to do it. He gets his film into production. It's a very lengthy process because he's doing motion capture for everything. Disney are taking their time, like, it's like the tortoise and the hare, a little bit, like, Disney, and like, yep, cool, gonna, gonna take our time, gonna pick out who's, who's mm. gonna do it while Andy Circus is rushing along, um, but, yeah, they, they went ahead and got John Favreau, and they managed to get a script together, mm. they may, actually, they may even have already had the script, I think, um, Jeff Nathanson wrote the script for that, and... Yeah, John Farrow, because he was using a different technique for filming, he managed to get the film in the can quicker. It was yeah, literally right. that he got the film out first. And Warner Brothers was hesitant about putting out a Jungle Book, a live action Jungle Book at the same time as Disney, so they withheld. And then they kept withholding, especially after the Jungle Book was so successful. They and then have done eventually it the they way. yeah they should have tried to get it out before disney they wouldn't rush him and he wouldn't be rushed but i think that's a mistake that that they yeah. would have done it in the first place i think the mistake was made when they they said we're going to get it we're going to do it too i think whoever was second should have just said okay why well, we miss out we'll have to come back to it in about 5 years 10 years see I, disney yeah. said disney was second but Disney wouldn't back down because you got to remember Disney actually own the rights mm. to their version of the Jungle Book movie. Yeah. So the Jungle Book is a book. Like, yeah. it, it's actually a story. I can't remember who wrote it. By Rudyard Kipling. Yeah. And then... Did he do Life of Pi as well? No. Not. No. Okay. <laughs> Are you saying at me, Drew? No. Justin Marks um, wrote the screenplay, sorry. Um, 
is he related to the guy that wrote the book? No. So Andrew's <laughs> just <laughs> continue being good. So they, they, the book was a book on itself. Disney made the Disney-fied animated film that we all grew up with. And I thoroughly did The rights yeah. to the book were still, you know, you could still make whatever you want from it. Disney just made their version of the movie as a live-action remake of their original movie, mm-hmm. whereas the uh, Mowgli one was just a retelling of the book. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yeah. How different yeah. are the, the two? The two movies. Mowgli and Jungle Book. I haven't seen Mowgli, have you? No, no one has, because, you know, why would anyone see that after seeing Jungle Book? I haven't seen Jungle Book either. Though. Oh, Bianca. I haven't yeah, seen I... the live uh, Lion King. Don't. <laughs> I'm... Don't. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the, um, the CGI Jungle Bo- animal stuff. The Jungle Book is beautiful right. and stunningly I made. Agree. Just, I, it is one of the best adaptations that Disney has actually done. It, it is fantastic. I agree. Um, oh, look, I, I, okay, just, just rereading briefly the history behind the warner brothers one which by the way they wound up giving it to netflix like like, yeah it okay it went through development hell i think they forfeit their right basically because of how long they stuffed around with it so it began like they first announced it in april 2012 with harry potter scriptwriter steve cloves in talks to write direct and produce it and then in December 2013, they've said, yeah, he's going to produce. And then Alejandro Inaritu was going to direct from a script by Cloves' daughter. And then in 2014, Inaritu left the project because of scheduling conflicts with Birdman and The Revenant. February 2014, Ron Howard enters talks. Um, the next month, Andy Circus is announced. So that's what... A, March 2014, Andy Circus is announced to direct and produce it, as well as playing the role of Blue. Now, Disney's version, Disney announces on July 9, 2013, that they're going to do it, so just over a year after Warner Brothers first says anything about doing it. Mm. Yeah. It, where, where's John Favreau, where, where, where does he enter the picture in this? Oh, Pixar assisted in the development of it as well, which is kind of cool. Um, well, Pixar's their studio, basically. CGI studio. At this point. Not exactly, because they've got their own CGI yeah, Disney, studio no, no, as Disney, well. Yeah, Pixar, Disney Pixar have consulted, though, for years. Pixar, Pixar consulted on Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. Like, the original ones. They also consulted on Mulan. I only know yes. that because of Gail Simone. Yes, they did. Um, look, basically, from from what I can pick up here, John Favreau joined the project and got the ball rolling pretty much straight away. Like he, I, I, as I, soon as he got in, he he just dove right into it. But Warner Brothers yeah. has a history of development hell. Yeah, I mean, they do. <laughs> the Flash. 
which is being sorry, sorry, what? teased. <laughs> yeah, the, the Flash, which was supposed to come out in 2017 or 2018. Maybe it and just came and went now. and it was so fast that we didn't notice it. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting on the re-release for it. Yeah, we've just we got to wait for them to slow it down so that we can uh, actually understand what happened in it. Oh yeah. So that's is, uh, not very good at doing a lot of things. Happened. Yeah, like they're ju- they're just terrible. You know why though? Warner Brothers has a history of they don't really give a shit what the movie's like. They make their most money off merchandise. Yeah. So if they can't merchandise to something they'll cancel it it's like they have a really good um because i I love dc obviously we talk about this all the time but like they have like a really good uh animated show called uh, for the green lanterns which is called green lantern the animated series unoriginally and it was really 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 good i only watched it last year for the first time it came out in 2011 originally and I was watching it, and there was only two seasons. I was like, oh, this will be easy to watch. And I was getting to the end of the second season. I'm like, why did this get cancelled? This is amazing. It was, I, I think it's up there with Clone Wars. Like, it's really, really good. Yeah. And then they cancelled it because they weren't making any money off toys, which they do all the time. So, yeah, they've just got a problem with... All right, developing I've, things. I've I've got a definitive thing here. I've just figured it out. Mm-hmm. John Favreau signs on for the Jungle Book in November of 2013, and Andy Circus signs on in March 2014. Well, then so Disney wins. Disney, yeah, yeah. Disney announces theirs after Warner Brothers, but Warner Brothers, like, they went through development hell. And in the time between their initial announcement in April of 2012 and confirmation of a filmmaker who actually did it in March of 2014, they go through two or three different other filmmakers. But they, they do that for everything. Like, it's not, this is not the first time it happened. Yeah, but Again, the Jungle Book, just look at... literally, they only signed, like, Disney only signed, signed one person. Yes, but that's the thing. Disney is a lot better at developing things. Oh, they yeah, they're, have a they're, system. They're a tight ship. And with Alan Horn and... Um, who's the other head of Disney um, that resigned recently? The, the two of them are... Like, they run a very tight ship. That's fantastic. Yeah, but um, they, that's what makes Disney like a movie-making machine. As much as their corporation is, you know, weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they can chuck out as many movies a year that they do because they know how to do it mm. stuff like warner brothers you, you know the last president of warner brothers i can't remember his name but he was a japanese guy who got fired well he oh, had to step down yeah they had to get rid of him accused in me too oh, yeah i don't I can't believe that, that happened um in his he had been there since 2012 i think so he'd been there for like eight years yep in his eight years of being there, the only movie that broke, I think, a billion or whatever, yeah. was a movie that was in production before he started. I think it was... Oh, that's right. I remember reading I think this, it was this article. Lord of the Ru- I think it was one of the Lord of the Rings. No. It would have been... No, it would have been Harry Potter. Or the Hobbit, sorry. 
It would have been... What year did Harry Potter come out? 2011, Deathly Hallows Part 2. It was. You're right. It was. Yeah, well... It wasn't... It, yeah. Like, it yeah, I remember that, that article. It be attributed Just to pathetic. him because it started before he did. You know what I mean? So, like, they yeah. just they, yeah, they oh, screwed yeah. up in the last decade. Screwed the pooch. Yeah. It's up for people like Drew and I to come in and fix the industry rider, or fix fix Warner Brothers or Disney <laughs> rider. Oh, we got I plans. Think. Big plans. Yeah. Let's see what I, happens. I really think that Warner Brothers just needs to kick up the ass. Because well, they own Drew and I such good content. They do. Like, I ha- like they have good Warner potential. Warner Brothers' catalogue is amazing. If they wanted to reboot things and reboot them properly, if they did not focus on merchandise, if they just focused on a good story and a good thing, the merchandise would follow. It's true. But no, they. I'm just reading that. Um, they do. Disney not. have confirmed a sequel to Aladdin. Oh, really? Yes. Was it going to be called Arabian Nights? No, the original um, sequel to who, who Aladdin was for the Return of Jafar. Oh yeah, the Return of Jafar. Yeah, the King of Thieves. Then it was the forty King of Thieves. That's one. King of no, Thieves they shouldn't. They shouldn't call it. They shouldn't say. Yeah. What's um, the one that brought back Robin Williams? They yes. shouldn't say um, um, whatever you said. The name of it is. It should be called Returning from Jafar. Janir. <laughs> Jafar. <laughs> Janir, Jafar. Ja, wherever you are. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay, uh, so twin movies. They're also Bring making back... Hercules. They oh, are making they are. Hercules. We, we've, um, we've gone on a tangent, but I must ask, we have, can you guys sorry. open the group chat? No, yes, I'm I about did. to right now. Um, while I open up the group <laughs> chat, twin movies, guys. Twin movies. A little bit more thoughts, and then let's get to our sick end of the week. Yes. Um... um Twin movies Look, are just curious, movies that I remember, are competitive competition with each other. Yeah, like A Bug's Life and Ants was was a huge one in our childhood. Like that that was something where you know we all grew up with both, and it was where did it fall? Mm-hmm. Um, I Queen forgot about how Madagascar had beaten out the Wild. I I'd, I'd absolutely forgotten that one. Uh, I, I brought up the Toy Story and the Secret Life of Pets because I remember seeing an ad for the Secret Life of Pets and going, but that's just Toy Story with animals. Hmm. Why? Yes. Like, it, like it'd be funny, but, but that's somewhat unnecessary. But that's also storyline repeating. Like, um, what's the one with the back in the backyard with the animals? Yeah, Over the Hedge. Over the Hedge. I yeah, love Over the over Hedge. The that hedge. had Bruce Willis in it. I liked Over the Hedge. And there was another one, Bianca. You're right. Was, I was thinking of that one. I was trying to work out what its twin movie was. was over it... the Hedge definitely was a twin movie. Over... It was Over the Hedge. And it was the one about the fairy tale creatures. But the... it wasn't exactly a twin movie. It's just that they had a couple of very similar characters. Like, it was completely different plot lines. I can't remember. It was the fairy tale mm. one where Red Riding Hood was being accused of a crime and it was kind of like a procedural drama but for kids. Oh, Hoodwinked. Yes, Hoodwinked. And Happily. Yeah, Hoodwinked and Over the Hedge. And they both had the squirrel that saved the day by being on a lot of caffeine. 
Like that back I just in remember, time plot. Was I, I could just thing. remember making a decision on which movie to see and I saw Over the Hedge and thoroughly enjoyed it and had Bruce Willis and I loved it. I still watch it frequently. It's a great movie. It is a great and of movie. Of course, Steve Carell um, is hammy. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, look, look. Um, twin movies are a weird phenomena. They do happen. Um, there is always, in every situation... One movie is comfortably better than the other. Not to say the other one is bad. Yeah. Always, but they sometimes, sometimes usually are always worse. Um, I mean, if you look at Ants and A Bug's Life, A Bug's Life is better, but Ants isn't so bad. Um, if you look at um, things like uh, Olympus Has Fallen and White House Down, uh, um, Olympus Has Fallen is probably worse than um, being shot in the face. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's always one that's better than the other, um, on a, on a, a scale, one's sometimes amazing and the other one's then just kind of average or they're both kind of okay. And they kind of, um, hurry each other along, like in the case of ants. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're an interesting phenomena and definitely a real phenomena. I'm just Um, reading about it a bit more. And just the funniest one that I've found on this list is that, and I, completely forgot this octopussy and never say never again were released in the same year i can talk to you about um not strictly that but the never say never again thing because Mm. that is a copyright issue that was exploited basically it was yeah um thunderball because never say never again is a re-adaptation of thunderball and they threw a stupid amount of money at sean connery to come back and play bond again and to literally Mm -hmm. just remake his own movie so the copyright for thunderball some guy bought the rights to it after thunderball had been made he'd bought the rights to the novel and then shipped it off to warner brothers uh, of all people and (laughs) went hey you want to make a bond movie i own the rights to one here you go they were like, yep, sure, let's do it. Let's get Sean Connery because he is Bond. And this is still in the Roger Moore era. Let's get Connery to come back, play Bond again. Let's kid him out with some uh, some good current talent. So Kim Basinger gets called in to play Domino. And they slightly tweak it from the original film, Um but it, it, honest to God, it is the same story. It, it is still Thunderball. Um, also notable because Rowan Atkinson is actually in that movie. I think it's his first film appearance or something as well. And it's what led him to want to do John English, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like, but yeah. It, 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 it shouldn't exist. Never Say Never Again should not exist. The, the fact that a twin movie is up against itself in a way. James Bond mm. versus James Bond. Yeah. That's funny. But that just proves the point that it's also about competition. Like, it, it's... Um, what's oh, the it, word that's used in this? Industrial espionage, which I think is a cool way to say it. it yeah, is. that's a very good it way is. of saying it. <laughs> that's exactly it. Oh, yeah, Over the oh, Hedge dear. and well, Open Season. That was the other one. That's open Season, right. that's what it was. That's what it was. Ha- I couldn't remember what it was. And then Happy Feet and Surf's Up. Two yep, movies yep. about the Zodiac were in the same year. Um, um, well, there was the there was the Joker and there was it. No, I'm joking, obviously. <laughs> Get it because they're both about clowns. Well, they did use um, it. I thought it was funny. They used the promotional for it to um, promote 
birds of prey because there's a clown that they have to kill in it. And Harley was. Um, did they use it? I didn't getting know they did that. Yeah, that there is a when you, when it first got uh, released. Yeah, the first birds of, birds the of first prey. birds of prey. No, no, when it got released, it chapter two. The birds sorry. of prey. Yeah. Um, birds of prey had its first trailer in the beginning of it, and there was an actual. Oh, that's right. One of the trailers was Harley busting a red balloon. That's right, they did. Yeah. Uh, oh, so I remember used, that. So they, yeah. so they so they used it to promote it. Yeah, which is also funny because yes, Joker and it chapter two came out within twelve months of each other as well. Right. Yeah. Um Okay, Drew. Yes, Philip. Would you like to explain to us um our sitcant of the week? Which is rather, I mean, I say fitting, but there's nothing fitting about it. It's never fitting when there's a situation. But we were kind of somewhat talking about this just last week. And then we got devastating news. We did. So for those of you that tuned in last week, we began talking about the Scrubs Rewatch podcast, which I I don't know if the two of you have continued it yet or not, but I finished another episode today and they also touched upon what we're going to talk about in a second but basically uh for those of you that watched scrubs the character of ted the hospital lawyer played by sam lloyd uh, rather hilarious and very tragic figure but brilliantly played by sam lloyd um we were very sad to learn in the last few days that sam lloyd has actually passed away after battling cancer for well over a year he had a brain tumor i believe he had just become a father too um he, not not he his had. death but when he got his diagnosis yes he'd yeah. um I, th- I think his child was what not even a year old mm. no the, yeah, it, the child was born earlier in the year i think He'd, um, yeah, in January of 2019, he had been diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumour, which was subsequently revealed to be metastatic lung cancer that had spread to his liver, spine, and jaw. Um, His wife had actually just given birth to their first child around the time that he received the diagnosis. So sad. That is heartbreaking. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Sam Lloyd, a brilliant, brilliant actor, uh, nephew he of was also Christopher very Lloyd. Yes, and I like I've never heard a bad word about him on like like from anyone, and and I've seen I've seen my fair share of his roles and interviews with him and about him over the years, and everyone just adored him like absolutely adored him and he had many other roles outside of scrubs he'd been in flubber he'd been in galaxy quest he'd had guest spots on seinfeld coach the drew carey show third rock two guys a girl in a pizza place spin city the west wing desperate housewives malcolm in the middle or you name it he was on there and of course he played ted again on cougar town for a few episodes Uh, But in addition 
to being this very funny actor he was an incredibly gifted singer and was a member of his own a cappella group the blanks who frequently appeared on scrubs as mm. ted's band also known as the worthless peons <laughs> but yes um, I, I think i think one of the best um best musical moments from the character of ted yeah. um has got to be when um kate uh mccucci mccucci yeah um, yeah mccucci yes. and um and sam when they perform that song that's by garfunkel and oats yep um the song fuck you but they it's obviously because for it to be on scrubber squad screw you um and uh yeah i thought that was such a fantastic rendition first time i'd heard the song actually and uh yeah I think that's a great moment i think um that yeah. was the reason why a lot of other shows started incorporating people playing ukulele into them i think that was one of the first well, th- shows I, that did it because it was like a massive trend it in was. a lot of yeah i, I it, it definitely brought back the the ukulele in a huge way yeah <laughs> which not a lot of people can say so what's the character the gooch Android. yeah gooch yeah i think the, yeah. Coo- the gooch gooch um, yes, no, well, definitely, Sam Lloyd, you are our sick end of the week for this week. Yes, indeed. Rest in peace and Godspeed, and, uh, and I appreciate you. that, and thank you, definitely. Team, anyway, thank you very much, indeed. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Till next week. Yep. My baby don't mess around because she loves me so in this I know for sure. But does she really want to but can't stand to see me walk out the door? I can't stand to fight the feeling cause the thought alone is killing me right now. Thank God for mom and dad for sticking two together cause we don't know how. Got it, just don't get it till there's nothing at all, all, all. We get together, oh, we get together. But separate's always better when there's feelings involved, all, all. If what they say that nothing is forever, then what makes them, what makes them, what makes love the exception? So why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, are we so in denial when we know we're not happy here? Cool.
Shake it up and shake it up and hey, yeah. 